Cheers. What is somebody who likes Cheers? That's, That's a Gen X. That has to be uh, an actor. Cheers, yeah. Seinfeld. I remember David would tell me I don't like. He, what would you call it? I don't have um, <laughs> Cheers humor. <laughs> What's that mean? <laughs> I'm not Cheers. Old, old people. Yeah. yeah, I'm not. I wasn't sophisticated yeah. enough. Like, I'd be like, white, but I find white, it funny. White working class yeah. Bostonian. <laughs> I can tell you. That's probably my, uh, I wanted to have, uh, Sam Malone's life. He was yeah. one of my I heroes, former athlete who just got to hang out with his friends, had a bar. Yeah. He was like, well liked. Um, he had a lot of girlfriends, uh, Sam Malone. So you're one of those people I would say you understood life already. Like, I feel like. And he, he had a second chance. Yeah, a second chance. Like yeah. He had that baseball yeah. career. Yeah. There was a lot of pathos to the show. Like, and then. Yeah. It's a, I watched it in, uh, I, feel, I watched it like first quarter of the of the pandemic. I was yeah, on it. Like, it's a very good show. It used to be no on Netflix, people. but not anymore. No. Yeah, no black people. No black people. Yeah, no black people. I mean, like, occasionally one drinking. black guy. Like, yeah. yeah. Occasionally drinking yeah, a beer. Yeah. yeah. Cause they, they like yeah. to do that. But yeah. there was never a story. Like, in yeah. the corner. Yeah. Yeah. Not yeah. in on the joke. Just the keep country. your mouth <laughs> shut. You can <laughs> sit here. Don't say anything. Don't yeah. say anything. Yeah. You're lucky to be here. Yes. Yeah. I like cheers. Yeah. Okay. So, um, let's, let's start. Welcome. Welcome to the next installment of the yummy cocoa show. This is a pop culture variety show for your ear holes with sketches, music, interviews, and games. I'm your host, yummy cocoa, AKA Colette Prosper. I'm a comedy writer and filmmaker. Um, uh, as you can see from our, our witty, uh, repartee with my cousins. So on this show, we talk about everything from Simone Biles and the women's gymnastics, final tragedies. So heartbreaking at the Tokyo Olympics to the Delta variants, very firm grip on America and Issa Rae's incredible wedding in the South of France. But today we're going to chat with actress, model, disability rights activist, Tatiana Lee. It's um, 31 years since the ADA um, came into, into law. And we're going to talk about disability inclusion in film and television, but first up some housekeeping. If you like this show, please give it five stars on Apple, write a review, subscribe. It really helps more people to find the show. Um, and with me now, um, as you heard from our, our convo about cheers, are my cousins, Carla and David. They're gonna be acting in this week's sketch. How's your summer going? Going well. Good. I'll it's very muggy in DC. I remember when. Oh. Yeah, it's been like a wet, hot summer. American summer, yeah, like the movie. Yeah. Mm -hmm. But I remember David said, What do you care if it's summer? You're a grown up. You have to go to work. It make <laughs> I know. You remember saying that one time? You still got to put yeah. on a suit. The joy of summer is, like, you know, virtually 
I'm gone. But that would be so sad when you said that. It's very depressing. Yeah. Classic yeah. David. Yeah. I'm becoming such a downer. Just but anyway. Cold water, cold water on hopes and heavy downer. Yeah. It's hard as you age not to yeah, become a downer. But, no, but it's good. It's so genetic. But I do like you. summer better than any other season. Except maybe spring. Okay. Why? Oh, I just hate putting on like extra layers. I think that's the thing. Yeah. Like winter, it's like two three layers you got to put on you got to have your hat you got to make sure you're like you know prepared for the worst but summer you just go out in a t-shirt and i just like that freedom uh, so. yeah and some some sandals yeah. i don't know the older i get i the i don't mind cold weather i'm starting to like yeah. enjoy it more but mm-hmm. i don't like when it gets dark early i don't, I don't even yeah understand yeah the point. oh that's the worst yeah. feeling yeah. Yeah, I think I have a little bit yeah, of a uh, seasonal affective disorder. I kind of si- yeah, diagnose myself with that. Like, just yeah. Well, you are a doctor. <laughs> yeah. But like you know, when the, like just like Carla was saying, when it gets dark, I just feel like you know down, and I just don't want to do anything. Yeah. And then if I remember, like even in Haiti, like October used to always bum me out. Like October, November, oh, really? even though you know the weather was good, but it was just. It would get dark sooner, and I just I never liked it. Yeah, I don't know if it affected me in Haiti because like I'd see the sun, whereas yeah. when you're working and it's like you go to oh. work, it's yeah. dark. Oh, so worse. You're in the office building, and then you come home, it's dark. That's it's, it's like jail. Yep, yep, routine, baby. Simone Biles, I missed it. I saw Amanda Seals. Um, recap of of what yeah. happened and and her explanation because she's a gymnast and she was talking about how um simone biles like side-eyed the camera so hard that like it made her turn away like it made her uncomfortable like it like pierced her soul like from all the way in california um, was it after she messed up or what yeah happened? yeah oh, she okay. messed up on the vault she was supposed to do like two and a half flips but she ended up doing one and a half i don't know what happened but it's like you know you can do so much practicing and then something happens and you know uh, still amazing simone she's amazing she's incredible there's so much pressure she was like the lebron of the of the team this year um they were sort of unknowns um or at least i i didn't know them very well on the team and uh and so she's like the big star this year it was a lot of pressure yeah yeah i mean it's a once in a lifetime chance to perform at the olympics so i really don't know how to feel because uh you know these are the kind of opportunities that build your reputation like you know what is she 24 she's probably not going to get a chance Mm -hmm. at 28 to do this again this is not like you know maybe yeah you're right maybe it's not like the NBA where the next year there's a shot at the championship and all. And already, yeah, she's a winner. But like outside of the Olympics, how well how well do you know like gymnasts? This is their one shot. And so I know she's going through a lot, but Yeah. You know, these are the things that, you know, solidify you as like, you know, a top top tier athlete. And I'm sure she re- she knows all this. I know, but I'm sure she's that's that's the probably the focus of like um, whatever therapy she's going through and, and, ha- and, and having to let go of that idea yeah. 
because I, yeah. I mean, thinking like I wasted that one yeah, chance, yeah. like, I don't know. That's a lot. That's a lot to live with. Just the idea of having have to, to let it to go so much on like one event. Yeah. Yeah, is, that's so stressful. Like, if I don't perform such and such way for this four year once in a every four year event, which I may not get the chance to be a part of again. Uh huh. Yeah. yeah. And the way I heard it is that it also hurt. Uh-huh. Uh If she were to continue to compete, it might hurt her team overall because she her score was so low, it set the team down. So she kind of took the bullet for her mm-hmm. team. That's an interpretation I heard. Right. Yeah. Right. Because they, they had to settle for silver. So maybe if she had stayed, they probably would have been downgraded to bronze yeah. or, or, or even further. Oh. Yeah. oh, man. Wow. So, yeah, we're thinking about you, Simone, and the team and all those people playing. And the variant is just nonstop uh crazy craziness um david can you shed any light on that as a medical professional Uh, (laughs) Um, are you seeing an increase in vaccinations are you seeing uh like what are you seeing in the world of pediatrics oh yeah that's a good question um honestly for the last few months things have been very quiet like virginia department Mm -hmm. of health really wants us to test every child with like you know smallest sniffle um even kids who have like things that are traditionally thought of COVID as like diarrhea and such. And so we did a lot of testing and lots of negatives. Uh, But recently we've had like, you know, it's not huge, but like two or three cases in a week, a positive. Wow. Um, Some of, one of them had traveled from Florida. Uh, The others, I'm not sure exactly, but there's always like a, Every positive case had had like a exposure attached to it. So things seem to be ramping oh, up wow. a little bit, but honestly, we're not really feeling it here. I think it's hitting the southern, uh, southern part of the country a lot harder. Yeah, it's really hot here. Like it's um, streets are hot in yeah. L.A. There are a lot of people getting it, a lot of breakthroughs. Oh, really? um, yeah. yeah. And uh, a lot of unmasked people. We were in Santa Barbara and just like just a lot of people just live in life. And I I was double masked a lot. Yeah. I mean, who knows? Um, yeah. Who knows what the right thing to do is. But I, yeah. I don't know. The only thing you can do is just mask up and. Yeah. I mean, get your shot. Right. Um, yeah. Yeah. And the people, I mean, we are offering vaccines here, but uh, it seems like there's a uh, interest is kind of subsiding a little bit. Oh, uh, well, yeah. And then the five to 11s that's coming soon. That? Oh, five to five, 11. Five <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. That's coming soon. <laughs> yeah. like, What's that <laughs> yeah. new variant? Yeah. That's coming soon. No, new, new a new group, group yeah. of, uh, but, yeah. Vaccine, vaccine, vaccines. Yeah, but I, I really, I feel like I feel the so will, the will of the people is kind of fading. Like there was a real, yeah, for a while there, there was a real push to get the older kids, uh, their vaccines. And initially, I heard September, October, uh, the five to elevens. But now I don't know. I don't even hear that conversation anymore. And now they're saying um, midwinter. So. 
Yeah, because oh, I saw wow. an alert that they're ramping up the study. Yeah. yeah. But nothing about like, you know, they're probably when really cautious. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Because so, they probably don't need two shots. But yeah. we'll see. Who knows? I'm yeah. not a doctor. Yeah. <laughs> Don't Neither am I. Anything yeah. we say. Disclaimer. Yeah, but you know, listen to the CDC. Yeah. Whatever. So this has been great. Um, Elliot, we didn't talk about J Lo. Fifty-two years old. Yeah. With Ben, I heard she's reenacting some of their. They're reenacting some of their famous photos. Supposedly, there's a picture yes. of Ben with his hand on J Lo. Oh, was bottom. that supposed to be J Lo to the block? Oh, I didn't realize yes. that was supposed to be a, a ode to Matt Damon is supposed yeah, to be happy the Oh, I'm <laughs> sure. What else Matt is he Damon. gonna say? Matt Damon. What else is he gonna say? I don't know. Matt I'm Damon. I'm like, just stay away from him. Break yeah. up with him. He's like a like he's the toxic. read. He's he seems like he's so yeah. toxic. He's just like um, she does not. She does not have a good picture. Although I will say he's my favorite she just Batman. Can't be alone. Wow. He is your not favorite. Val <laughs> not Val Kilmer. I think Val Kilmer I think has Ben Affleck was a very good Batman. He was a really he was a really I good Bruce that. Wayne. Uh, stoic. Yeah, stoic, and he could play the playboy. And he like he's uh-huh. my favorite. Like my favorite comic book version of Batman is kind of grizzled veteran Batman, not the, you know, uh-huh. young Batman or whatever. I like the Batman that's like, uh, you know, mid forties, uh, almost 50. <laughs> Michael Keaton? Is that Michael Keaton? Well, yeah. But you like, you like the ones that like, that they've yeah, been they've through, been some, through stuff. some stuff. They've been defeated. They yes. got some baggage. And ben Affleck did a great job. That's so Marvel yeah. of you. That's so Marvel of you, like Marvel, Marvel, Marvel attitude for a DC character. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So he, he was a good Batman. Yeah. Mm. I don't know. I actually I've never seen uh, whatever Batman uh, Ben Affleck movie. He's I've never seen it. Zack Snyder movie. It makes me want to. Oh oh oh, Zack Snyder. Oh oh, so that like Justice yeah, yeah, League yeah, yeah. movie. That's like eight <laughs> yeah. hours. I have not. You no, watched it? You I, watched I haven't the whole seen thing? that, but the I watched the you know the Batman versus Superman one and um, the 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 Josh Whedon um, uh, Justice League. Ooh, where he was where mean. he was mean. <laughs> yeah, you gonna put me to sleep? Take me to take me to superhero. Yeah, where movie. he was mean. You want me to go to sleep? Mean to Ray Fisher. Yes. Yes. If in my, yeah. if in my old age, uh huh. Bringing yes. you back to Buffy. If in my old age I have insomnia, just bring me to a soup. Just put a soup. Grandma can't sleep. Oh, this is what you do. Put on a superhero movie for her. You don't know how much you break my heart. Is that gonna be? Is that gonna be on, like your writer when they when they put yeah. you at home? Yeah. <laughs> put an action your, movie. Your eighties. Yeah. 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 But you never know. I might switch and be into it, right? Because yeah. yeah. you don't need. Because I was talking, like, oh, you always talk during my movies. I'm like, your movies don't need dialogue. There's like nothing yeah. going on. Oh, you man. Don't have to, you don't have to hear anything. Yeah, you just see, yeah, punches. <laughs> yeah. Explosion, explosion. Yeah, you could walk away for 10 minutes and come back, and <laughs> you didn't miss much. Yeah, like, there's no plot, it's yeah. all action. Yeah. yeah. Nice. 
Okay, so let's kick things off with our sketch called Whale It Do. It's a it's a mix of 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 uh, it's a confluence of things that have happened. Um, so uh, I, I just just check it out, listen to it, and uh, <laughs> tell me what you think. Sketch. Sounds fishy. That's what doctors and experts are saying after a lobster man who claimed he was swallowed whole by a humpback whale. Joining us now to defend himself is the lobster diver. So, Mr. Diver, what happened? Well, I was lobster diving and a humpback whale tried to eat me. How horrific. Now, viewers, keep in mind, this is a highly unusual event. Yeah, uh, it's weird, but it happened. Trust me. I got the bruises to prove it. You bruised up, but have no broken bones. And experts say your lack of serious injuries is suspect. Suspect? Yes, and from the water pressure alone, some doctors say you should have experienced hearing loss. What? What? Even if I did it, it still happened. I, I, I... I, I, I was 45 feet down in the water when all of a sudden I felt this huge bump and everything went dark. You do sound visibly shaken, but how do you feel about experts not totally believing you? Frankly, disrespected. And I'm being truthful. I, I would not lie about this. Fair enough. However, there are two sides to every story. Too bad. <laughs> you only have my side. Not like you can ask the whale or something. On the contrary, joining us now on Zoom to help us all get to the bottom of this story is Humpback Whale. Ha! Why are you doing this? Mr. Godiver, we gave you a chance to talk. Let's hear from the other side of the story. Now, Mr. Humpback Whale. Folks call me Humpty. You can call me that, that's fine. Okay, thank you, Humpty. Now you told producers that you want to get to set the record straight. Yeah, we whales don't have any PR machine fighting against these wild claims. I never met this man in my life. We whales are sick of you people lying on us. You people, right? Yeah, I said it. I don't like eating human. I eat krill, small fish. My mouth is like a sieve, you feel me? I know that's why you swallowed me. No, but that's the thing. I didn't do it. So you're saying you're innocent, Mr. Diver, is not being truthful? Yeah, 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 he could have been in the way. And yeah, I could have swallowed him. But I'm a, I'm a gentle giant. I don't eat humans. I didn't do it. Mr. Diver, do you care to respond? Yeah, you did. I, I was in your mouth. Yeah, right. Yeah, I was. And then... When we burst through the water's surface, you spit me out! Huh. Burst through the water's surface? With you? Why are you romanticizing me, dog? Keep me out of your stories. This is not a story. I'm not lying. I was floating there, in your mouth, for 30 seconds. 
for 30 seconds. Seconds, 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 seconds. I mean, Dad, wake up. Dad, wake up. Are you choking? <coughs> Son, did you see that whale? No, 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 no. Dad, we were home and I was looking at TikTok on your phone when you saw it. Gilo's 52nd birthday post and you passed out. Oh, oh. I thought I got swallowed up by a whale. I thought I was being interviewed on the news with the whale. Whoa, <laughs> Gilo looks amazing. Yeah, so can I keep using your phone? No, I need it. Well, 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 well. Okay, well. How about we look at JLo one No, no, time? no. Oh, no. Oh. Oh, no. Time for me to play my Roblox game. And we're back now with Tatiana. She's an actress, model, and disability rights advocate. So I want to talk to you about representation, um, how you are helping to expand the scope of storytelling in Hollywood. You know, welcome to the show. Um, I just uh, very quickly, I wanted to read more of your bio because you're so amazing. Um, so Tatiana Lee is an award-winning actress, international model, and Hollywood influencer. She serves as a uh, Hollywood Inclusion Associate for RespectAbility. It's a nonprofit organization whose mission is to fight stigmas and advance opportunities so people with disabilities can fully participate in all aspects of the community. Um, uh, past guest Leslie Hennan um, is also... Um, uh, also works at Respectability. Um, and for Tatiana, she's also appeared in modeling campaigns for Target, Zappos, Apple, and more. She is the 2018 recipient of the Reeves Acting Scholarship. That's uh, Christopher Reeve and his wife, Dana, um, during the Media Access Awards from the Christopher and Dana Reeves Foundation for her contribution to further disability inclusion in film and media. She is the voice behind the accessible Hollywood brand, which uh, highlights her journey as an actress, model, and lifestyle influencer born with spina bifida. You can also see her in the second season of the Netflix show special, which I just finished watching. It was great. Um, and then I saw you. I was like, oh, I know her. I know who she is. That was amazing. Um, was that actually, was that filmed in um, at the Fox Hills Park? I was curious in Culver City. Um, that moment. Park? I think I think so. I think it, it is. In Culver City? I, I think it is. Yeah. Uh, I cool. think it was. Yeah. Park I was like, I, I, was like I know who she is. I know who she is. And I know where that place is, too. I'm also from the East Coast. I've been here um, a little less than two years now. Mm -hmm. um, so I know you were born in L.A., but then you went back to Philly. So you were in Philly for a while. Um, 
what what brought you here and not to say like New York? What brought you to LA? So I have family in both sides. Um, I have okay. family on the East Coast and the West Coast. Most of my family is on the East Coast out in Philadelphia. Mm-hmm. Um, but what made me make the decision between here and New York, actually, that was the decision I was thinking of. Am I going to go to LA or am I going to go to New York? Mm-hmm. Um, but what happened was I did have family here. My mom was already here and kind of settled in LA. And then my sister was here and then my brother was here. So I was kind of the only one left. So it was just like, I have family and a support system there. So why not just go to LA? I I tried to go to New York. I wanted to go because I think I wanted to do something separate from where my family was and kind of do my own thing. But then when I was looking at like how much like condos and different, you know, studio apartments in New York were like ridiculous. And I'm like, okay, I need to go where I have a support system. So yeah, <laughs> so and that's then you, how I made the decision to go to LA. <laughs> right, and it works. It works too because you wanted to be an actress, so you came out here. That's great. So, and your your mom's an artist, right? Did she come out here for art too, like you? Um. Yeah. Just you know, just to kind of just where we lived is a very small town, and there's not mm-hmm. much going on. And I think you know. My mom this got is outside towards, of Philly. Yes, outside of Philly in the suburbs, but we're talking like country, like cow Uh-oh. farms and cornfields and Amish. like Amish. Uh-oh. Yes. Um, so it was kind of like that. And I think, you know, people just have these aspirations of just leaving out of this small area. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? Mm-hmm. And so it's just you realize there's more to see. And I think one thing that happened for my mom was she realized there was more to see than just this little town. And so I think that's what inspired her to move, which then we, you know, all of her children kind of naturally followed. So that's nice. Are you all still together or close by? Yeah, definitely. We are. My family's really, really close. Um, oh, good. My younger sister, my mom, we're all really, really close. And yeah. Yeah. Oh, nice. Um, and then I also heard that you are a huge Langston Hughes fan. And yes. I was curious if you knew um, like any poems or like fun facts about him. I I love his poem "Dreams." Is there is there a poem that you love? Um, I don't know. I haven't. You know what? I've been horrible lately. I haven't really done any reading lately. So like to really, you know, catch myself up on different things. Um, uh huh. So I need to do that, which having this conversation reminds me of how much I need to tap into that. And I've been trying to find more time to read and stuff like that. But when mm-hmm. I was a kid, I got into really enjoying and appreciating poetry. When I was in third grade, I was in a speak off, um, which nice. is you, you learn poetry or a poem and you recite it and then you compete to like win this trophy or whatever. And so in third grade, I was in a speak off and I ended up winning the national speak off. Um, uh-huh. and so then I just loved, I just loved being on a stage and just performing and just to be able to have that as like my first taste of like performing was kind of awesome. And I think that's where I tapped in to my love of, you know, when I discovered my love of reading and all mm-hmm. of that. <laughs> nice. And so was it at that moment that you were like, um, I'm going to be a star. This is it. This is it for me. The stage. It was around that age. It was around that age. It was that moment. And then other moments where 
I just love taking photos and stuff. And I remember being like a little kid and my mom buying me a camera. And the one thing I wanted to do was do photo shoots in the front yard and um, all of that. And, you know, just being on stage performing, doing poetry and things like that. And I think, yeah, around that age, seven, eight, is where you kind of, I've kind of realized, okay, this is what I want to do. And this is what I love and, you know, brings me joy. So Mm-hmm. I want that feeling. <laughs> so so your mom would, you you would say, hey, photo shoot time or fashion show mm-hmm. time? Yep. Yep. It was, you know, take me to the swap meet. We went to the swap meet. She would let me pick out an outfit and uh-huh. <laughs> we would have photo shoots on the front lawn. Yep. <laughs> Feather boa. Yep. The whole nine and makeup. Nice. She would get me makeup palettes and, oh. I, you know, always gave me the freedom to be able to express that and, you know, play in lip gloss and play in eyeshadows and all that stuff. And, you know, and then my mom was a dancer, so she would teach me dance moves and, you know, all that mm-hmm. stuff. And then, you know, so that was always interesting. I still tell her to the, to this day, you know, I'm a wheelchair user, but I'm a ambulatory wheelchair user where I can stand up a little bit. And so mm-hmm. I can still kind of position my feet to do like some of the ballet positions that she taught me when I was a oh, kid. Oh, wow. Uh-huh. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it, and, and- it don't necessarily look the same way, but, you know, it's still in here. <laughs> right. Yeah, that's right. And I'm I'm sure like, um, do you do you do like, uh, like stretching and like has uh, any of the things that like she taught you, does that help you and um, like? staying fit yeah definitely I love getting on my mat and stretching and doing yoga and -hmm. meditation and all of that stuff that gets me you know kind of prepared for the day and then you know especially being a wheelchair user my your your back is kind of scrunched sometimes because you're constantly sitting so to be able to get out and stretch and move your body and do those things is really really important right Um, and so I, I love doing that. Plus, I love being able to put a face to the fact that people think that if you're a wheelchair user or have a disability, that you don't exercise or don't move your body. And it's like, if anything, we have to more. <laughs> yeah, right. Right. Yeah. So I love doing that. And yeah. And then I've recently, since things are starting to open up, started training again with um, um, with a personal trainer, a friend of mm-hmm. mine to kind of just get myself in shape and all that stuff. But it's really oh, oh for hot girl summer, hot back yeah. summer, hot back summer. <laughs> I love that. No. What's been your your COVID time? Like, because I, I saw recently on your Insta um, that you designed like this this really beautiful set of wheels um, for wheelchair. I don't know if it's 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 to be marketed. Like, is it going to be made for other people, or if it was like just custom made for you? Um, oh, so the company is Spinergy. I mm-hmm. am one of their ambassadors, and. Um, they have a website where actually you can go and make your own custom pair. So the ones that I have were the ones that I made for me. Now Mm -hmm. you can go on there and copy mine. And, you know, I showed the way I did it with the pink and the black spokes and the gold rim on the inside, but you can actually go on their website and make your own. And they have so many different colors you can pick from so many different wheel styles, wheel spoke styles and all Mm -hmm. of that stuff. So that was kind of fun to do. Um, and I love just, you know, opportunities to, you know, a lot of times wheelchairs are kind of medical. So, yeah. you know, to kind of do fun things to it, to kind of make it your own, because it's something yeah. I, you know, use all day, every day. Of course, I want it to reflect my personality. So, 
to have right. something like that is kind of cool. <laughs> yeah, it's a, it's an extension of your self expression. Um, I I love the colors. It was like a kind of like um, it was almost like a like a fuchsia or like a kind of orange. Or mm-hmm. like it was hot, pink. Hot pink. Oh oh, <laughs> I'm saying all these different colors. Okay, hot, hot pink. Hot pink. Yes, I am a hot pink girl. Yes. Nice, nice, nice. <laughs> okay, but um, so you know, you're now now you 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 know you design you design. I know that the you design for yourself, but like um. You know, it just seems like you're really busy. I'm curious about like your your some your um like your COVID lockdown time. Like, how has it affected your work as a model, actress, um, advocate? Um, in ways it slowed down, and in ways it didn't. Um, I was able to redirect a lot of my time and my energy, which I feel I needed. Um, mm-hmm. one of the things that I started doing was working on writing a script. Um, so I've been working on that, which was something I've been wanting to do. I took classes at Sundance. They have a screenwriting program. So I had an opportunity to be able to do that. Mm -hmm. Um, but it has slowed down my modeling a little bit, um, which I had to get used to, but now trying to get into it. But I will say I've had a couple modeling projects. I did, um, a shoot for Apple during quarantine for 8830 back in October. What's Um, that? What's 8830? 8830. So it's, Every year we celebrate the Americans with Disabilities Act, which last mm-hmm. year it was oh, 30, oh, oh. It was 30 okay. years. Yes. And so this year is the Americans with Disabilities Act is 31. And if you don't know what the Americans with Disabilities Act is or folks that are listening, it is the piece of law mm-hmm. that gives people with disabilities civil rights um, to be able to have access to education, jobs, um, so many other things. It's not perfect, but... It says, it's a piece of legislation that says you can't discriminate against me um, for my disability. And so we celebrate that and the advancement. Right. And I thought um, it was also really interesting that the um, the Black Panthers are... um, are credited with with uh, helping to to spearhead this uh, like changes in laws um, uh, that led to the the ADA. Yes, the Black Panthers supported um, folks like Judy Human and others, um, Ed Roberts, and so many others who fought for disability rights. And still to this day, the sit-in that led to the Americans with Disabilities Act um, is still the longest uh, sit-in in in history. The Black Panthers supported the movement that um, Mm -hmm. led to the passing of the ADA and folks like Judy Human and Ed Roberts and so many other folks who led the disability movement, the Black Panther supported them, like brought them food and so many different things, um, really supported them, carried them up steps and, you know, helped them and things like that, which um, is is actually to this day, the longest sit-in in in American history. Um, 504. Yep. Section 504. Yep. Oh, wow. That's amazing. Yeah. would, that's something that I really loved about the movie was uh, was how um, it it showcased um, their their um, passion for inclusion, including all different groups and how um, yes, we're all different, we're different groups, but we're the same and we're we're connected by something. Um, I, this this also leads me into um, I'm really fascinated by your job as a Hollywood inclusionist um, with respectability. You work with a lot of studios, um, productions, um, because like as as 
you know, black women, um, and you're also, you know, you're a, you're a black woman, but with also with a, a visible disability, um, you know, you're you're no stranger. I'm no stranger to having to prove our humanity to the world. Um, mm -hmm. But you are also having to be tasked to like prove um, the disabled community's uh, humanity to pro movie producers and TV producers. Um, how has your personal experience helped you? in in what you do um it has helped me in a lot of different ways first it has given me a outlet to fuel my passion for this work um which i've you know always been passionate about just for the lack of just like you said not seeing myself and you know having to prove my humanity and you know, feeling that every day, it's like you you want to do something. So to have an outlet to be able to do it. Um, but the work I do every day is, is fulfilling because I get to go into these rooms with studio executives and um, talk with them and educate them on, you know, this, this is your idea of what disability is. That's not correct. And here's what mm -hmm. it is. You know, and saying, you know, we are worthy of being represented or we should be represented. Um, and this is why and kind of just laying out a lot of different things like these are the barriers. Um, these are different things just so that it's top of people's minds mm -hmm. um, and that when they do try to do it um, and then in the consulting aspect of it, when they do want to do it, you know, make sure it's done correctly and it's not done in a way that is harmful to the disability community um, because. You know, some people say, oh, representation is representation, but it's like, no, you have to have good representation. Otherwise, it can be right. very harmful um, to any marginalized community. You know, you hear the AAPI community talking about how the way they've been stigmatized in media um, and, you know, the type of violence that that leads to. Same yeah, for the right. disability community, same thing for the LGBTQ plus community. It's like we all deserve to have ourselves positively reflected. Um, and what's real life in society because they paint this picture or idea and it's just, yeah. Um, so yeah, and it's just all yeah. wrong. So that work that I get right. to do is, is quite fulfilling. And then I've been able to um, work on some passion projects and, you know, things like that, that have, you know, been kind of cool to do. So I love what I do. <laughs> That's great. Um, I'm just curious about like what it's like to be in the room because like uh, like I'm I'm also I I also write uh, screenplays too. Where I, I'd love to ask you more questions about that in a second too. But like um, I you know I I hear from from other other people who are more advanced than than you know I am, and they talk about like being in the room with producers and how like you have to be. She's like, don't don't say racist. Don't ever say racist. You have to find different language. So I I wonder like when you're in these rooms with these people. Um, do you, are there like, you know, how, how, without telling them that they're like on some like ableist bullshit, like how, how do you say it in like the nicest way to like not alienate them and hurt their feelings, even though like, you know, they're not thinking about your feelings necessarily, but you have to think about theirs. Oh, I'm open and honest. I'm yeah. honest about it. I lay it out on the table. I don't sugarcoat any of it. I don't. I try to say it with the sweetest, nicest voice and the bubbly, bubbliest smile I can have <laughs> on my face. 
but I'm blunt with it. And I'm very honest with it about, you know, this is what it is. This is incorrect. Um, and just positioning myself as an expert and knowing the way the community wants to be reflected. Um, I experience it. I know it. I know the community. And so it's like, no, these things are harmful and um, you need to listen to me. Right. <laughs> and so I think, you know, just demanding the room and, you know, sometimes as black women, we have to do that. We have to go in and, and own the room and, you know, because we know what we're talking about. Right. Right. But then, but, but sometimes you do have to say it in a sort of way, like, oh, I don't know. I don't want to get flamed by black Twitter. Like you have to say, you have to say it in a sort of like a way that they would get it, but not like feel a part of it, but not feel like alienated. So I, um, but, but I, I, I feel you on the, like, just, just say it, just say the thing. I mean, they're, yeah. they're also, they're paying for your service too. Um, they, exactly. So they, they just, they want to know. Yes. We don't have time to twinkle around. It. It's like, look, this is what it is. This is where it went wrong. And this is what needs to happen. <laughs> so yes. The who, what, where, when, and how. So, so yes. what's your proudest, what's your proudest moment, you know, while working on a project or um, production through um, respectability? I will say, so in terms of what I can actually say, um, because I will say a lot of things are under NDA that I can't talk about. Yeah, of course. Um, but one that I can was a project for Netflix. And it is it was a like kind of young adult teen show called Healing Powers of Dude. Um, mm -hmm. And it was about a kid with anxiety disorder and he had a emotional support dog. But I didn't consult on that part. I consulted on his best friend, which is this um, Asian American teenage, like no nonsense girl um, named mm -hmm. Amara, and um, a girl after my own heart. Um, nice. She also loved the arts. She was, you know, into theater and wanted to be an actress, and she was just a fun character, um, and just was very blunt and said what was on her mind, which I can definitely relate to. Um, mm -hmm. So I, I really worked on helping to shape her as a character, even to the point where they use some of my own personal stories to oh, contribute wow. to her storyline. Um, so with They should have just hired you to be on the staff, on the writing staff. <laughs> well, I was a part of the consulting team. So I was a part of the team that wasn't, I don't, I'm just now getting comfortable saying, you know, I can call myself a writer because I've been working on writing, you know, just this, the end of last year. So I was not in a position to be a writer in a writer's room, but enough to just share anecdotes and stories and stuff. And then, you know, kind of, you know, work along alongside the writer's room to help, you know, make that happen, um, mm -hmm. which was fun. And my very first time working directly with a writer's room. So that was a really, really fun project. And I'd probably say um, my proudest moment of my work there thus far. That's awesome. Um, so like something else that I've learned is that um, people with disabilities make up the third largest economic power, um, yet the representation and multimedia make up a very small percentage. Uh, yes. So is um, is that something that that you that you have to to remind people? Is this um, is this something that that uh, these studios are motivated by? Like, you know, we, we got to, you know, the you know, this there's this uh, market, this economic power. I'm thinking I'm thinking like a producer's voice. We got to <laughs> we got to tap into this community. 
Yeah, unfortunately, you know, it's the it's the right thing to do because, you know, we need to show people's humanity, but unfortunately, not everybody is concerned about showing someone's humanity. They want to know what they can get out of it financially, unfortunately. So, yes, I do have to have the money argument and back that up and bring that up in a lot of, you know, conversations we I have with different folks to get them to, you know, do more disability representation. It's like, look, this is a market that's not being tapped into and you would, you know, be stupid not to, you know, do it and do it right. Um, because, you know, it's not, it's one thing to do it, but it's another to do it right. And the only way you can do it right is by hiring folks with disabilities because we can tell our own stories authentically and we can fix those trip ups or catch those trip ups in the same way where there's a huge push of like, you know, all these things for, you know, Black Lives Matter and all mm -hmm. those things. And people are like, don't do messaging that does not have black folks involved with doing it. The same argument. It's like okay. you want to authentically represent a specific community and any of its intersections. I always make sure to say that because I meet at those intersections as a disabled black woman. And um, yeah, you need to hire folks and have them in the room. Mm -hmm. That's right. Yeah. Um, so if you tomorrow um, had your own production studio, streaming channel, like basically your Disney all of a sudden, um, what are the first uh, kind of like the first like two, three shows like you would have immediately? Like your like how Netflix just came out with Orange is the New Black and House of Cards. Like what would be you like and, and what would your your channel be called? Oh my gosh. So my channel would be called, um, it would definitely be after my production company that I already have accessible Hollywood TV. Yeah. Um, so, or accessible Hollywood productions, um, or AH for short. Yeah. Or AH for short. Um, <laughs> everything's accessible Hollywood brand. Nice. Um, and what would my, so what would my slate look like? That's what you want to know. Yeah. My slate of projects. Okay. So one would be a script that I'm working on now, mm -hmm. uh, which is essentially telling my story um, and my journey. Um, and then another one would be, I would definitely do something children's content related, um, you know, young adults. So telling my story from my youth and what navigating, because it's a whole nother beast to, beast to navigate school as a right. disabled kid. Um, and we don't talk about that. And so I, I that's something I want to see. Like, I want to see a disabled kid navigating school and what that's like. Um, so that. What was your I, school like? Because like in, in, I know in Philly, I remember I grew up in New Jersey and the schools were relatively small, but I remember, um, my cousin went to Villanova and I remember like driving through like, um, out the outskirts of like the, uh, of Philly and the schools are huge. Like they are yeah. gigantic yeah. buildings. Um, what was that like? And, and was um, your high school like that? I went, so my school, my and old, very old. So my middle school was on all on one floor because I went uh -huh. between walk, walking on crutches and using my wheelchair. So my middle school was all on one floor, and mm. then my high school was on two floors. But it was accessible. But it wasn't necessarily the inaccessibility for me. It was the type of education I got and just dealing with being bullied, being teased and navigating because 
with my disability spina bifida, I also have learning disabilities. Mm -hmm. Um, And so with that, trying to get the kind of support you need um, when people don't quite understand learning disabilities, like this was in the, you know, 90s, you know, so people weren't really looking at, you know, learning disabilities and how to navigate navigate that. It's like, oh, if you got a disability, you're in this room. And if you don't, you're in this room. Um, But then what was interesting for me is I volleyed back and forth between the two because I excelled in what they called like the room for kids with learning disabilities. But then I, I slacked or didn't do as well in the class where I tested for, which was kind of the more advanced classes, but I couldn't keep up there. So they never knew where I quite fit. And so Mm. I spent a lot of my education going back and forth, then navigating, having a lot of illnesses. I've had more than 30 surgeries in my entire life. Um, And also a lot of different illnesses from meningitis to to all types of infections and stuff. So I spent a lot of time in and out of the hospital. So mm-hmm. navigating that on top of being bounced back and forth to this class, to that class, oh, you're failing, oh, you're doing great. And then, oh, now you got to go in the hospital. Oh, you got this thing going on and all of uh. that while still trying to get an education. It's And then being in school and then still having to deal with being bullied, being teased, um, not having anyone like you and all of your other girlfriends are all dating and, go, you know, all of yeah. those different things. It's like... It's a lot. And then not only that, when my small town that I grew up in, a lot of times I wasn't, um, oftentimes, depending on where I was or what grade, at certain points, the only also Black student as well. So it was even at certain points where I was the only Black and disabled, where everyone was non-disabled and white. So I've even experienced that. So all of those different things made for a, a rocky education journey for me <laughs> so what 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 gave you strength in that time um my family mm-hmm. my family supporting me and um loving me unconditionally um and then I think just my determination in myself of yeah. knowing I think once not I think I know once you hold on to what you know you're capable of, I feel like that can pull you out of anything, even the most darkest moments, which I've had some dark moments. But I feel like as long as you have those glimmers of hope in yourself, that that will keep you going. Right. Um, and then I'm I'm also curious about because like, uh, you know, you have your family, but then and, and you, you've been uh, writing screenplays now, but like. Have you always been journal writing? Do you meditate? Like, how do you how do you find sort of like uh, like inner peace? Like, how do you how do you um, you know ground yourself? That's a good question. So yes, I do do meditation, but another part or aspect of that's always been there with me since I was born is that I was uh, raised a Nichiren Buddhist um, mm-hmm. and uh, belong to an organization called SGI. Um, USA, which is a Buddhist organization, um, Mm -hmm. very much famous for one of the things you heard, like actors like Orlando Bloom talks about it very often. Um, Tina Turner. Tina Turner. Yeah. Um, I was raised with that in my life. Um, My mom did it when she was 18, 19, and she's done it throughout her life. And that was something I was raised with. That was always a core of everything I did. And it's this ideal that 
we all possess the power within us to do whatever we want to do to leave the world a little bit better than we found it. And so I feel if you always keep that as the core of you, which is Namyo Horenge Kyo, then you Mm -hmm. can muster up the strength and the courage to accomplish anything. I'm, I'm a firm believer in that. Right. I know um, uh, Courtney Love, um, she talked about how she um, she finally was able to like kick drugs and uh, chanting has helped her. The Nam-myo Renge Kyo. Nam-myo Renge Kyo. Yes. Thank you. That 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 helps. That's helped her to stay off drugs. Um, I remember years ago I was in front of the Park Slope Food Co-op and my son was having a temper tantrum he was very small at the time and wanted to go home I was sick of food shopping too but I was waiting for my ride anyway some lady um she was being very nice but she she was telling me about um about chanting and and how that would help my son I'm just like I I was appreciative of that but I was like I I don't know if he's gonna do that at this moment as a two-year-old but thank you um but but it can it can help lots of people. And that's, that's amazing that you always had that. Um, because, uh, you know, what, what you went through in school, I mean, we've, um, what what you went through in school, like that, that could, that could break somebody. Yeah. And here you are. Yeah. Yeah. And it did actually, it really did. Um, it, it got worse, but then it got better. Um, actually when I was in 10th grade, um, it, got so far behind that they said they couldn't help me. And the best thing for me was to drop out. And so then navigating that and getting my GED and then scoring high enough to get a diploma and then figuring out how to go to college from there and all of that. So all of those things I had to fight for, like really right. fight for. <laughs> right. Which is so upsetting because, um, especially now when in COVID, like there, there are so many kids that, that, um, we're, are still going to school virtually. Um, there are a lot of kids that are behind, and and rather than um, attempt to help help the child or help help you with tutoring, um, help help your your there there's so many there's so many upsetting things about um, our education system. Um, you know, I I also I know I know that you work in entertainment, but I you know I am curious, like if if your um, advocacy also extends into education, um, or if it will in the in the future, um, because there are a lot of kids out there that don't that don't have the the kind of support that they need. Um, you know, they don't they don't have the same support system like say you had, um, and uh, and and uh, you know, it's 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 very worrisome. Yeah, it is. Like, I could not imagine navigating school now. Um, It's been really challenging. I've heard lots of stories from different folks and stuff. Um, And at Respectability, we do have, I don't specifically work on it, but Mm -hmm. we do have a department that works on, um, you know, resources and toolkits and different things to advocate for, you know, the education system and various areas of policy and things like that. um, respectability doesn't just work on entertainment. That's just one piece of the work that's being done there. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I, I'd like to say that I work on education in another aspect with a lot of the projects I get to work on. I get to work on a lot of children's content. So 
being able to do that to still, you know, shape young minds in a different way. Um, I, I think it's still just as, as important. <laughs> If not, if not most important, because um, some most, you know, I don't know, we're, we're all works in progress, but um, adults are can be very set in their ways, kind of a lost cause. It's good to start young in terms of like advocacy to to work with children um, that are more open and 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 can can see the world differently. Um, yeah. Uh, so so it is it is very positive, like what, what you're doing. It's amazing. Thank you. Thank you so much. And so as a writer, so you're working on your life story, which is incredibly fascinating. Um, already, like, you know, you're talking about um, this this traumatic moment in high school um, where where you had to, to leave school, but then the triumphant moment where you you passed and, and you were able the GD test and you were able to get your diploma. Um, so like, I'm sure that there are a lot of stories just like swirling in your mind. So is this like, is this like a, a grand epic, like three hour feature? Is this a whole series? Um, is it, is this like, um, you know, the evolution of Tatiana? Like what, what, um, well, can you give us a, a kind of taste of like what this uh, story is? I think so. I, I feel I have so many stories to tell. Mm -hmm. Um, that it would definitely have to fit within um, a series. Mm -hmm. So it's definitely, I'm working it to be a series. Um, yeah, to be able to tell the stories and, and give it room to not just be a flash, but like really, you know, really dig deep into it, which we don't have that representation um, and we don't get to see those kind of stories. So I think it's so important. And um, just thinking about even right now, we're in, you know, 2021, and actually a study was just done on um, representation of Black women in media. Um, the mm -hmm. Gina Davis Institute did a study, and they included, oh, Gina Davis, yeah, uh huh, yeah, they included Black women with disabilities in the representation, and it's zero point zero percent. So we have no representation of disabled Black women and what their stories are like, and so. Yeah, we got to spend time on those stories because they're important and they matter. So, you know, we got to do it for for all the women out there, um, Black women with disabilities that, you know, didn't get a chance to tell their story. Right, right. Because, um, yeah, their the, the dating stories, their sex stories, there's uh, marriage family life stories, school stories, it, it's, it, it stretches into, you know, every, every possible, um, aspect of, of like the human experience and, exactly. uh, yeah, like why not? Mm -hmm. Yeah. That's right. Why not? So <laughs> what's, what is your, um, I'm sure that's like the first thing that you say is studio people, like, why not? <laughs> I, I don't yeah, know. Why not? <laughs> <laughs> what are you waiting for? Exactly. Um, so, What's your writing process like? Because you you do work. You have a, a nine to five job, um, five days a week. What? How are you able to write this epic uh, series? Um, I've been on the weekends and mm -hmm. evening times. Um, so evening times, and then what was great was I started working on it through Sundance. Sundance has this great platform called Collab. So plug mm -hmm. Sundance. Um, they're nice. so super awesome. Um, and they have this program called CoLab and they have different courses you can take. Um, and so I worked on stuff through those 
courses. I just finished the first one. And so next I'm going to do the next. And it kind of just, as you work through it. And so what I did was I did the, like at your own pace. So whatever mm -hmm. time I had available that I could find an hour and what I, you know, do is block an hour off on my calendar. So then that hour, it's like, you know, that's what I'm going to work on or, or, you know, at sometimes, you know, I'm a night owl sometimes and I'm one of those people that stay up, you know, my ADHD kicks in and, you know, mm -hmm. I'm like up night coming up with ideas and then now I'm on my phone and, you know, all those things. So just at those moments coming up with different ideas and stuff like that. And That's great. So, and then working with my sister, who's also a writer and she's been, her and I've been working together. So being able to bounce ideas off of each other and all of those different things um, really helps. That's awesome. Um, okay, so I'm gonna ask you um, some rapid fire questions. Okay. If you were a kind of pasta, what kind of pasta would you be? Oh, Papa Deli. Ooh, is that the the big, like long, thick mm -hmm. noodle? Nice. Yeah. <laughs> nice. That's a good one. That's good with like uh, like meat sauce. Yes. I love it. Actually, I love mine with fettuccine. I love like Ooh. super cheesy fettuccine, garlicky, like that is my favorite. <laughs> nice, nice. All right. Um, favorite curse word? Um Oh shit. <laughs> uh if uh what movie would you turn into a musical? What movie would I turn into a musical? Ooh, a movie? That's a good question. Um I would say Love and Basketball. Oh, that's a great that, that has the best music. <laughs> it does. Like, yeah, it could they, be a hip hop yeah, yeah, the Carmen hip opera, but like instead with love and basketball. Yeah, I mean, because yes. I mean, all the songs were so good. And you're you're like singing. That. Yeah, because you're singing oh, no, along anyway. That. Yes, this is part of your streaming channel, of course. I love that. Um, okay, so who do you admire the most? Who do I, who do I admire the most? Mm -hmm. I have to say it's a tie between my mom and my sister. Nice. <laughs> and you have them both. That's wonderful. They're both extraordinary, strong women that are just amazing. Just the things that they do every day and how much they are just amazing, selfless, um, and just in my life and influence so much on my life. So yeah. Mm -hmm. Are they going to be a part of your, your media empire? Oh, of course. Already. <laughs> <laughs> That's great. So like manager or like um, C COO. Yeah. Definitely. They got jobs. They got guaranteed jobs. That's great. Oh, if you look but on my social media, most of my photos are posted by my sister and also oh. she's taking the photo. So Wow. Okay. So you already have a social media coordinator. This is awesome. Okay, so just step by step, this this empire is is rising up. It's, it's coming. building. We're growing. We're Get growing. ready, everyone. <laughs> um, so what's one of your weird quirks? One of my weird quirks. 
Um, I am a picky eater. I'm a very picky eater. I eat like a five-year-old. Um, so like chicken fingers, French fries, pasta, mac and cheese mm-hmm. is like my favorite thing. So nice. I think like I'm 38 years old, but I eat like a five-year-old. So that's favorite. probably my weirdest quirk to me. <laughs> What's your favorite box of mac and cheese? We, we're Annie's people here. <gasps> we are Annie's too. Yes. <laughs> I fix up my Annie's though. I throw a little bit of extra different kind of different cheeses in it and I fix Ooh. it up. I do what my grandmom calls, you know, fix it up. She says, you know, you can take different stuff, but you got to fix it up. Yeah, yeah, you gotta zhuzh it. So I zhuzh it up with, you know, and fix it up with a little more different cheeses. But yes, I'm very much at any shells, the shells. Oh, we have shells too. We have shells in in the cabinet. Um, yeah. yeah, we'll do we'll do that or like the 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 curved like tube ones. Um, I don't yeah. like the powder too much, but um, I prefer uh just like a ready made cheese. But whatever, it's all it's all good. So I and, like it. I hook it up. I mix it up. I actually and, mix all the stuff up together first. Uh-huh. And then I add my cheeses in and then whip it up in the pot and all that and then add the the shells and all that. And then it's like, ooh, ooh. and yeah, there's a method to my so madness, like, but. <laughs> Annie's by Tatiana. Yeah. Ooh, I like that. <laughs> um, okay. So what else is making you happy these days? Um, Loving the sunshine here in LA. It's a little hot. Um, hoping I don't have to deal with heat exhaustion, but loving the sunshine. Oh. Um, I'm loving that things are opening up. I'm slowly getting out and like doing mm-hmm. stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know, auditions are kicking up, so that's good. Um, and yeah, enjoying time and seeing family. And I just had a birthday, and so happy birthday! The- Thank you. So just enjoying the summer right now and trying to enjoy it the best way I can by still just being safe and. You know, yeah. I'm vaccinated now, but, you know, still playing it safe as best as possible, but slowly getting out there and then trying to wrap up more things that I want to get done. So, yeah, I mean, we all had, just have to continue being uh, cautiously optimistic, um, stay safe and uh, but try try to enjoy enjoy our, our little bit of, of freedom. That, yeah, that we're definitely. getting, which is which is a nice feeling. So thank you so much. You're amazing. Um, how can people find you? Um, you can find me um on Instagram and Twitter at Miss Tati Lee. That's M-S-T-A-T-I-L-E-E. Um, you can check out my you can always email me from my website, accessiblehollywood.com. Um, and then if you want to find me at my nine to five, check out respectability.org. Um, if you have any questions or anything in terms of disability representation, um, script sensitivity reads or any of that stuff, you can hit up respectability info at respectability and request me and, you know, send stuff over and we can chat. So those are all the ways you can find me. Thank you. Uh, and then uh, my final, final question is like, how many scripts are you reading like a week? It depends. It varies. Some weeks it'll be like maybe one or two. And sometimes there's like, five or six. So it depends. <laughs> wow. And these are mostly like features. So these are like, they're, they're like yeah. over a hundred pages. Uh-huh. It varies from features to, um, pilots to, you know, animation, so many different things. So special thanks to Tatiana Lee. Uh, also special thanks to my actors, Carla, David, and Lucas. We'll see you next week. I'm Yummy Coco. 
Keep your lamplight trimmed and burning. Bye.